Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. in your life. And I believe that God's guidance in your life and prayer go hand in hand. In fact, it's very difficult to know what God's guidance is for your life if you are not praying, if you are not seeking who he is. And I think one of the most common questions that Pastor Pradeepan and I get as pastors is, how do I know what God wants me to do? What is God's will for my life? People ask us all the time, I'm in this situation, I don't, I don't know what to do. Pastor, what do I do? I want to follow God's will. I want to do what he wants me today to do. But how do I know God's direction for my life? Anybody here asking that question? You have asked that question before. And maybe it's something like buying a house or what job to get or what school to put your kid in or, or whatever it is. Oftentimes when we're trying to make decisions, we can get stuck. We can just get stuck with so much paralysis because we don't want to make the wrong decision. How many of you have ever just wished, God, would you just tell me exactly what you want me to do? Haven't you wanted that? God, just tell me. Well, I have this story. When I was a junior in college, I met a guy who was not Pastor Pradeepan, um, but I met this guy who was a really, really, really wonderful friend of mine. He happened to be tall, dark, and handsome. And Pradeepan doesn't like this part of the story. And I tell you what, you got to understand that this guy was not a, he, he was a great guy. Like, he was nice. He was kind. He loved Jesus. There was nothing wrong with this guy, okay? So we're hanging out. We're hanging out in our group of friends. And my friends say, Amrita, you should date this guy. You should really date this guy. And I kept saying to them, I was like, I mean, I don't know. I just don't really feel that toward him. Like, I just, I just don't have those feelings. And they were like, who cares? He's perfect for you, right? And so uh, sure enough, this guy, uh, several months down the road, asks me if I would be his girlfriend. And I said, can I think about it? Can I pray about it? Okay. So I go back and I'm praying about it. I'm talking to my friends and my girlfriends, they said to me, give us one good reason why you won't date this guy. And if I'm honest with you, I didn't have a good reason. He was really that great of a person. It would have helped if he was a bad boy or mean or lying or something, but he was just such a great guy and pretty even hates when I tell this story. And so sure enough, I, literally talk myself out of the gut feeling that I have to not date this guy. And I question everything. And I decide to say yes. And I said yes to being his girlfriend. And the very next day, I woke up with the hugest pit in my stomach. I felt so, this is where the story gets good for Pastor Pradeepan. I felt so uneasy. I felt like, oh my gosh, everything about this feels wrong. And it didn't make sense. It felt illogical. Why is it that all 
all my friends could see our future together, but I couldn't. It just felt all wrong. And I tell you what, I dated this guy for a full six days, friends, until I, like, he knew something was wrong. And I went back to him, and I was like, I am so sorry, but this is not right. I broke this guy's heart because I didn't listen to my gut feeling. I didn't listen to my discernment, which I want to talk to you about here in just a minute. And it was just really crazy that I had to break his heart when I knew all along that I shouldn't have dated him. Well, if you want to know, when Pastor Pradeepan asked me to be his girlfriend, the next morning I did not wake up with a pit in my stomach. I was very excited to date Pastor Pradeepan. (laughs) Have you ever just had a gut feeling and you've just ignored it? What is that? Why is it there? Why does it feel like everyone else is saying or seeing something else? You know, King Solomon actually had similar desires to want to know what God wanted, wanted to be guided by God. King Solomon actually gave, when he became king, he gave God a thousand burnt offerings to God. And God was so pleased and he was so moved by these burnt offerings and and Solomon's love for him that we're going to pick up in 2 Chronicles 1:5 because God appears to Solomon in a dream and he says this. At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream and God said, "Ask for whatever you want me to give you." Okay, just a second. Like really imagine this. You're sleeping And God shows up to you and he says, whatever you want, I will give it to you. What would you ask God for? A million dollars, a new car, a new job. Maybe if you're like looking for a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a significant other. Maybe if you're real spiritual, like world peace or something like that. Or maybe you're just like, I just really need God to tell me what to wear tonight to black tie event. Like, what is it that you would ask God for? And he would say, I'll give it to you. Well, sure enough, Solomon asked for something that I don't think that I would have thought to ask for. So we pick up in verse 7. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for a long life or for wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Solomon, God said, I'll give you anything you want. Solomon said, give me a wise and discerning heart. I mean, this guy was already wise. He was wise enough to ask for wisdom and discernment, right? And so he asked for this because I believe Solomon knew the weight of the role that he was about to carry. And he realized, okay, if God's going to call me to be the king over all of these people, I need him to help me out. 
I need him to walk with me on this journey. And I think some of us, as we've been in this season of prayer and fasting, I've talked to many of you. Many of us are looking for direction in our lives. Many of us are in a circumstance that we can't figure out what to do. We don't know what to do. And maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what to do if I should buy this house, if I should not. I don't know uh, what to do. I've been a person that's been laid off in the last few weeks. I'm scared. I don't, I don't know what's next. My marriage is falling apart. There are so many of you in situations where it's like, I, I, I don't know what to do. God, what do I do? How many of you feel that? And you know, you're like, God, I want to know. Maybe you're somebody and you're like, it's, you know, it's something happy. Like, God, where do you want me to go on my next vacation? You know? Or maybe it's something really serious, like I'm, I'm struggling and I need a counselor. I have a lot of people ask me, Amrita, how do I find a good counselor? How do I find a good therapist? Uh, this last couple of weeks ago, we had a, a few prayer meetings in our new building. And a woman who does not attend our church came to a prayer meeting a couple of weeks ago. And she came up to me. She does not attend our church. And she said, I'm in the middle of a divorce that I don't want. I'm hoping for reconciliation, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know what to do. Would you pray for me? Last week at the altar, another woman came to me, does not want to be in the situation of a divorce that she is in right now. And she said, I don't want this. I want this to work out, but I don't think it's going to work out. What do I do, pastor? We're in these moments where we're like, God, would you help us? Would you show us what to do? So many of us want to make the right decision because we don't want to screw up our lives. We don't want to screw up our children's lives, right? And so this morning, if you're here, and you are asking the question, God, what do you want me to do? God, what is your will for my life? Lord, would you show me what it is, how I should make this decision? If that's you this morning, this message is for you. This message is for you. You know, the scriptures talk about a couple different kinds of discernment. Everybody say discernment. Discernment. There's discernment in the scriptures that talk about really beginning to distinguish between evil and good, spirits of evil and good. And then there is the discernment that is talking about the divine direction of God in your life or directional discernment. Today, I'm going to focus on God's divine direction for your life. And if I'm honest, I want to talk to you about why I dived into this, uh, why I dived into this topic a few, I don't know, a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, I was just like struggling and I was like, I just sensed that God kept speaking to me in the place of discernment, which kind of can feel like a mysterious place. And I would just ignore it. And then I would just make a decision. And then I was like, oh, I knew not to make that decision. Right? So I decided, man, I'm going to take a deep dive into discernment. And I picked up this book by Henry Nowen. It's called Reading the Signs of Daily Life life discernment. And Henry Nowen is a fabulous writer. He's a fabulous studier of the scriptures. I encourage you, theologian, to pick up this book if you want to know more about discernment. But I believe that God wants to speak to us today about what it is. So let's define discernment first. What is discernment? I have three definitions that Henry Nowen gives. I'm, a lot of my material is going to come from him today. Three definitions that he gives that I love. I want to share them with you. The first one is this. Discernment is the spiritual practice that accesses and seeks to understand what God is trying to say. The second definition is this. Discernment is the spiritual art of recognizing God in the many events, meetings, and situations we experience in daily life revealed to us by the Spirit. 
And the third definition is, discernment is a new way of seeing and being seen that results in divine revelation and direction. You know, last week, Pastor Pretty Ben preached an incredible message about the conclusions that we can come to about the character of God if it feels like he's not showing up in our lives. If it feels like he's just not answering me. It just feels like when I pray, I'm just praying to nothing. He, 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 he brought a word that helped us understand what do we do, what do we think about God when it feels like he's not showing up in miraculous ways. Well, today I want to preach a message to help you understand that, yes, it is true. We don't get to know everything about God, but there are many things God wants us to know. There are many things, many ways in which God wants to guide you and lead you and have you step out, and he will be with you. I love the imagery of God being a shepherd, and we are his sheep. We've heard it a million times, John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. It's like this is the best image. It's like your sheep. And God is our shepherd, and he is guiding us. And when we start to go astray, he brings us right back around. He's a good shepherd. He's a good father. And shepherds lead their flock. Shepherds guide their flock. And so if you're here this morning, and you want guidance, and you want to be led in your life, you don't want to make decisions all by yourself, I believe that you can trust the good shepherd. The good shepherd. God wants to guide us. You know, this happened to Paul. I think it's really crazy when I read stories about Paul in the New Testament because he just seems like this with God. Like he just seems like the guy who hears God and just knows exactly what to do. There's a couple times in the New Testament where God leads Paul in a, a situation and then like all of a sudden he doesn't really know what's happening and he doesn't have any explanation for it. So in Acts 16, 6, it says this, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Myasia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go. So they passed by Maesia and went down to Trous. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Paul was doing incredible ministry. He was going all over the place. And then God said, I don't want you to go over here. I want you to go over here. But but they come up to the border of that place, and I imagine that they're like, we could plant churches here. We could share the gospel here. Like, why won't God? And at the, at the moment, God told them where not to go, but he didn't tell them where to go. And I think we often find ourselves in that situation. God, I, okay, I know not to date this boy, you know, but what, who do I date? What do you want me to do, right? And... So then all of a sudden, God shows up in a dream, kind of like Solomon. And he says, listen, there is a a place, uh, there's people in Macedonia I need you to go minister to. There is purpose for why the Holy Spirit would not permit them to go any further. Paul had to discern every step of the way in his ministry, right? And so God was guiding him. And if I'm honest, I feel like I know what it's like when God will tell me where not to go, but... Tell me where not to go, but won't tell me where to go. In 2016, some of you guys know this story, Pastor Pradeepan and I were trying to decide where to plant our church. And we kept hearing one phrase, a phrase that God 
gave us. He kept saying, plant a beautiful church in a beautiful place. We just heard that over and over again. And so we said, okay, God, we will. And so we booked a flight to Florida. And we said, God, we will suffer for your name on the beach. We will, you know, we, God, we will in the sunshine, you know. And uh, we decided that we were going to go scout out Florida. So we get on a plane. We're about to leave our job and not have a ton of money. So we paid for all these flights on our own. We get on the plane. We fly to Florida. Before we get off the plane, I kid you not, in my heart, I just knew this is not where God wants us. It would have been really nice if God told me that yesterday before I got on the plane, but I didn't even get, and, and I just knew, what did I know? What was that feeling? Well, the feeling was like, um, it was like the excitement and the passion that I had to plant a church in Florida, all of that just felt like it got sucked away. And I just had this uneasy, a familiar, uneasy, unsettling feeling inside of my heart. And you know what? I didn't tell Pastor Pretty Bin that I felt this because I didn't want to, like, ruin anything. Because I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, right? The whole week, we are meeting with pastors. We are meeting with realtors. We're getting ready to buy a house in Florida because we think that's where God wants us to plant a church. And as we go on throughout our week, Pastor Preben looks at me and he says, we didn't even get off the plane and I felt like we weren't supposed to plant a church here. I said, what? Me too. Confirmation. And you know what's really crazy about this is that we told Pastor Pradeepan's dad that we were possibly, possibly going to plant a church in Florida. He got so excited that two weeks after our trip, he bought a condo in Florida, and he still lives there to this day. He said, you said you were moving to Florida. We said, no, we are discerning if we should move to Florida. So now we have a great place to take a vacation, right? But it is so hard. So God said, don't go to Florida, but we didn't know where to go. So we fly back home and we just feel lost. And everybody's like, well, what happened? Are you guys moving there? And we're like, we don't know. So we decide to fast and pray for three days because we were just like, man, we're just lost. We fast and pray for three days. On the third day, Pastor Pradeepan wakes up with a dream. So interesting. Solomon, Paul. And then Pastor Pradeepan wakes up with this dream. And in the dream, a pastor has said to him, uh, Pradeepan, I believe that you and your wife need to go plant a church in a place called Bellevue. Well, we had never heard of a Bellevue in our lives, literally never heard the word. And being the super spiritual one in our marriage, I said, let's Google it and find out where it is. And so we Google it and we find out that it's here in Washington. We send Pradeepan on a plane to come out and scout Bellevue, the east side of Seattle. And I'll never forget he was there. He called me after a couple of days. I didn't even say hello. I answered the phone and I said, is it Washington? Is it Bellevue? And he said, I think it is. He said, do you want to fly out? Comes check it out. And I said, no. I know that's where we're supposed to be. And how did I know? It was the opposite feeling that I had gotten on that plane in Florida. It was like all of a sudden I just knew. And to be honest, I was like, I don't want to fly out there and hate it and then feel like we have to live there, right? But I knew, I knew in my discernment, I knew in my heart, I knew because of the communion with God, the way that we had been seeking him through prayer and fasting, I just knew. God gave me a peace in my heart. I want you to hear this. Discernment is a tool 
to help us make decisions according to God's will for our lives. And the reality is, is that we're not always going to get it right. But God doesn't leave us alone on this journey. He doesn't leave us alone. Whatever decision that you're trying to make right now, church, if you are in the middle of trying to decide something, where to go, what is your purpose, what do I do in this situation, you need godly discernment. You need that. I want everybody to repeat after me. Repeat this after me. God has, God has divine, direction divine direction for my life. For my life. Let's say it again. God has, God has divine, divine direction, direction for, my life. for my life. Do you believe that? Amen. Do you believe that he has direction for your life? That you don't just have to like wander through this world? He has divine direction. So how do we discern? How do we discern? Well, Henry Nouwen says this, discernment is rooted in the core disciplines of the Christian life through prayer, community, worship, and ministry. I like this answer because prayer isn't something, or discernment isn't something that you just switch on and switch off whenever you want. No, it comes from a life with God. It comes from the consistent spiritual disciplines that keep us in relationship with God that discernment comes. It's one of those things. It can exist within us as we live by the Spirit of God, as we live by the Spirit of God. You know, God could have just made us robots. He could have just told us everything to do, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted to partner with you. He didn't want to just be this dictator who just said, go do this and turn right and da, 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 all this stuff. He said, I want to partner with you. I created you. Let's live this life together. Let's do this together. Have you ever asked someone for advice? I used to ask like spiritual people, even my parents. I used to ask them all the time, like a question, like, what do I do? And I would always get this answer. Don't think about it. Just pray about it. Don't think, Amrita, just pray. Don't think about it. Just pray about it. Well, okay. Rich Villadas talks about how there's a little bit of a problem with this language. The problem with this language is we begin to separate thinking from prayer. We begin to pit thinking against prayer. Where I believe that God wants us to hold both prayer and thinking. He gave us the ability to think. You do not have to check your brain at the door of your house or your church or your job. God gave you that. He wants you to think and to pray. It is possible to prayerfully think about a matter. How many of you have ever heard the audible voice of God? couple of you have. And that happens. It happens. God sometimes supernaturally shows up in these most remarkable and incredible ways, but often he doesn't in those supernatural ways. And so God begins to work with us. He doesn't want us to just wait for supernatural. He's saying, I've given you your mind and I've given you prayer. Put those two things together. Here's an example in the scripture that I have for you. Um, Pastor Pradeepan and I, we always go back to this scripture when we're trying to decide a big decision for our lives. We always go back to this scripture because it's helped us so, so much. Let me set this up for you. In Acts chapter 15, there is what's called a council of Jerusalem. The council of Jerusalem is made up of apostles and elders of the church, right? And the apostles and elders of the church, they write a letter and they say, Paul and all of his guys, would you go take this letter to Syria and a few other places and encourage the Gentile churches? Would you go? Here's the letter. And this is what the apostles, the council of Jerusalem, this is what they say in this letter. 
It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food, sacrifice to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. They didn't say God told us exactly what to write in this letter to encourage the churches. You know what they said? They were the apostles and the elders of the early church. And they said, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. And they followed that. I think this is such a great example of thinking and prayer and how you can hold those two things together. Amen? Some of you need to just rest. Some of you need peace in your heart. You need to be freed up today. And I want to tell you that all God is saying is, hey, it seemed good. Does it seem good to me? It seems good to you. It's okay. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and us. Me and Pradeepin, we often go back to that scripture when we're looking for guidance from the Lord. And people say to us, people say to me all the time, they say, well, Amrita, okay, fine. I want to listen to God's voice, but how do I know if it's God's voice or my voice? How do I, have you ever wondered that? I wondered that. How do I know if it's God's voice or my voice? How do we discern that? I mean, let's face it. This is hard. We need wisdom. And wisdom is a partnership between God. He brings the whiz, we bring the dumb. You know, when you're writing sermons and you have a jokester in your house, he, like, created that joke. And I was like, that's so funny. I'm going to put it in my sermon. So give it up for Pastor Pradeepin. Clapping for himself back there. How do I know if it's God's voice or my voice? Is it my gut trying to tell me something? Or is it bad pizza that I had last night? Is it my own desire? Or is it God's desire? Is God telling me to buy this Lamborghini? Or is it just my desire? What about fear? Is, fear? is fear influencing my decisions? Do I not trust this person because of my discernment or because of my own biases and prejudices that I live with? That's real. That's real in our lives. Is it trauma influencing my decision? Maybe you're trying to make a decision. You decide, I'm going to make this decision, but because you're triggered. You're triggered because of your own baggage, and that's how you've made your decision. Is it discernment or are you making a decision that would please the most people? Is it discernment or is it just what's acceptable to culture? How do we know if it's God's voice or our voice or our desire? How do we know? Well, I want to make this sermon practical. I want you to feel like you can take something and actually do it. And so there are four questions that I ask myself when I'm trying to decide if it's my voice or God's voice. If you're a note taker, you might want to write these down. The first question is this, does it align with God's word? Does it align with God? If you tell me that you discerned that God told you to murder somebody, I am going to open the Bible and go to the Ten Commandments and show you the Sixth Commandment, which is thou shalt not murder. Does it line up with God's word? The second question I ask is, does it align with the historical church? You know, in Acts chapter 15, there was this council of Jerusalem. And what happened is some of the Pharisees had been telling people, well, you can only be saved if you are circumcised. And Paul and Barnabas were like, you know, that doesn't quite seem right. So they go to the council 
And they say, this is what these guys are saying. And the council says, well, no, you know what? We believe that the scripture says, this is the doctrine that we believe in. We believe the scripture says that you are, that grace is what saves us. Jew and Gentile can be saved by the grace of God, right? And so what you need to understand is that there's a church, and a historical church, that has helped to make decisions about the doctrine of the scripture. So a lot of the questions that we're asking, sometimes they've already been answered, and we don't need to reinvent the wheel, right? It's kind of like in the 70s when there were drums being played in service or in church services, and people would say, that's the devil's music, right? But the scriptures talk about tambourines and harps and all these different instruments to worship the Lord, right? There is a historical church that can have an influence in the decisions that we're making, all right? The, the third question I ask is, what does my pastoral covering say? You know, there is a beautiful... There's a beautiful role that church leaders can play in your life, your pastors, your small group leaders, whoever it is. And it's not, it's not to control you. It's not to tell you what to do. That's not what we're here for. What we can do, though, is come alongside you and pray with you and discern with you. What we can do is, is, just, is just help you, maybe experience, tell you from our own experience. But sometimes what happens is people come to us and they say, hey, pastor, God told me to date this person, and it's clearly a bad choice right? Well, if you say God told me, well, there's nothing that your pastoral covering can do. We don't want to mess with what God told you, right? So if you're going to go and you're going to get uh, advice and you're going to have someone come alongside you and discern with you wisdom, people that have walked with God for a long time, don't play the God card. Have them help you discern what you're supposed to do. Amen? And the last question I ask is, do I have peace or is there a red flag going off in my spirit, inside of me? Is there a red? This happens to me all the time. Here's my advice to you, friends. If you have a red flag or a yellow flag in your spirit about something, take the time to uncover what that is. Take the time to ask God and seek him. God, why do I have this weird feeling? I, I can't make sense of it, but I have. Take the time. Seek God in that. Pastor Pradeepan and I, when we had our second child, our little baby girl, Nala, we bought what's called a rock and play. There are all these different motorized swings that you can buy. You guys know what I'm talking about, like swings that you lay babies in, and it just like rocks for you. Well, the rock and play was a little bit different of a design. It was designed almost like a cocoon, and the babies lay inside of it, and it kind of is kind of deep, and so the babies just kind of curl up in there like this. Uh, I think it's trying to like create like the womb feeling or whatever. And so we had a rock and play. We used it with our son, and our son would fall asleep every night to it, and we put our daughter in it. Well, one day Pastor Pradeepan says, Amrita, I don't know what it is, but I have this feeling that we need to stop using the rock and play. And I'm like, okay, but like how are we going to get her to sleep, you know? And so I'm like, okay, yeah, I trust you. Let's not use it. Well, believe it or not, about a week later, I read an article that all of the rock and plays have been recalled because there was a little baby that unfortunately suffocated and died in a rock and play. Isn't that wild? The good shepherd will help you and guide you and protect you even if it's about where to lay your baby down. He cares deeply about you and the decisions that you are trying to make. And the other way that I believe that we can distinguish between what God's voice is and our voice is to know God. 
is to know his voice, is to spend time communing with God. It's kind of like when you are like learning how to tie your shoelaces. You're, you're trying, your fingers are kind of clunky at the beginning. Discernment is kind of like this, kind of clunky. And then you begin to do it, you keep doing it. And all of a sudden, tying your shoe becomes second nature, right? How many of you know how to tie your shoes, right? You just don't even think about it. Discernment is kind of like that. You operate in it over and over and over again. I love this uh, quote by Henry Nouwen. It says this, careful discernment remains our lifelong task. I can see no other way for discernment than a life in the spirit, a life of unceasing prayer and contemplation, a life of deep communion with the spirit of God, with the spirit of God. Number three, trust your discernment. Trust your discernment. Trust your discernment. Trust your discernment. I wish somebody would have just told me that. It's discernment. Trust it, Amrita. Trust your discernment. And if you're not sure, because sometimes we're wrong, we're people, we're wrong, trust it or ask somebody else to come alongside of you and work with that. I believe that God has more for you than just trying to make the right decision. He cares about you. He wants to work with you and in you and through you. It's not about trying to make the perfect decision. God wants to be with you. God wants to be with you. I love this quote. One of the last quotes I'll read is this. Christian discernment is not the same as decision making. Reaching a decision can be straightforward. We consider our goals and options. Maybe we make a list of pros and cons of each possible choice. And then we choose the right action that meets our goal effectively. Discernment, on the other hand, is about listening and responding to that place within us where our deepest desires align with God's desire. As discerning people, we sift through our impulses, motives, and opinions to discover which ones lead us closer to divine love and compassion for ourselves and other people and which ones lead us further away. Isn't that awesome? There's a difference between just making a decision, deducing the problem to make a decision, and walking in discernment walking in God's spirit. And I don't think that God has called us as the people of God to only just discern for ourselves and our lives. I believe, church, that God wants us to discern even greater than beyond ourselves, even greater than beyond just this church, to what he is doing on the earth today. Many of you are in leadership positions at your church or at your job or wherever, and you are having to make major decisions, and you need the discernment of God because what you decide impacts other people. What you decide impacts other people. And I believe that God wants to move in you. There are people that have to make some hard choices. And it's happened even recently here in our city. Do you know that this last week, I got an email every day in my inbox from the Bellevue Public School District. And every day they said, everyone pay attention. It's looking like we are gonna have to close down two elementary schools in Bellevue next year because enrollment is down. Well, guess what? Both of the two schools that they're considering to shut down for next year are the two schools that my children go to. My daughter goes to preschool in one, my son goes to first grade in the other. And I thought to myself, I would not want to be the person who has to make that decision. There are people who have been impacted by layoffs in our community. Just recently, it's been hard. Some of you are just sitting even on the edge of your seat waiting because it's happening a week at a time, right? Some of you are just like, oh my gosh. And, 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 and there are people that are having to make hard decisions. I was hanging out with some friends on Friday night who were executives at their job and their workplace. I said, how are you guys? And they said, we feel like terrible. I have to lay off five people on Monday. 
tomorrow. They're sitting here just, God, how do I do? What I decide about who I lay off affects their economic status. These are hard decisions. Some of us are managers and leaders. Some of us are in this room and we're just trying to decide if God wants me to marry this person or if I should stay in this marriage or they're just decision after decision after decision. And I believe church that God has not left us alone, that he is a good shepherd and he will guide you and the discernment of God will come to you and he will help you make the right choice and make a choice that will be life-giving to people and honoring to God. Amen. I believe that that is true for you this morning. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.com. Church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time.